and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And for everyone out there today, we have Brian Murphy with us with the Big Apple Bodega Food Truck from Denver, Colorado. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. So, Brian, okay, obviously you and I talked a little bit about before this, um, I want everyone to tell your story because, well, we have a common place. We've both lived in Astoria, Queens, New York for a while. Um, And so it's probably, yes, Manhattan has great food, but if you're in New York City and this podcast is about food, I think you definitely want to make your way out to Queens anyway. Like Astoria, especially Italian Greek food, but there's all sorts of great food there. Um, And then even into like Jackson Heights where you have like the Little India and, you know, um, food like that. So they're just Queens is becoming this place. So this is where you're rooted and sort of where a big apple bodega came from. So I want you to tell your story first, but I also think that for a non New Yorker, we should probably really talk about also what is a bodega. I mean, cause I have an international audience. So people are probably like, Oh yeah, it's a convenience store, but it's just not a convenience store. Right. Right. Bodega is a yeah corner store. Uh, you can pretty much get anything there, yeah, um, including chopped cheese. But uh, they have a great deli and um, all all the necessities that you need. Cool. So let's talk about your history, Brian. You obviously are in Colorado now. You were in New York. Let's just sort of follow your story. Like tell the audience you're an entrepreneur now, very much so, and accelerating your business as we'll get into later in the exciting news. But how? do you go from New York and and bounce around the way you did and then create a business? I think that's what we're here to discover. So let's talk about that. So born and raised in New York, um, always uh, worked my, my careers have always been in Manhattan. Um, So in the restaurant world, um, and then just kind of got tired of the rat race, working my way up uh, from manager to general manager from different companies. Um, decided to move out to the West Coast, uh, give the ocean a try. Um, was there for about three years, uh, still doing the same thing, um, working for in the corporate world, um, and um, just moved to Denver. Uh, West Coast wasn't for me, uh, and this is where I'm at, in Denver. Yeah, I've once heard um, someone refer to taking a New Yorker especially from the city of New York and putting them in California is like taking a shark and putting them in a vegan buffet. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. where's the meat? Yep. <laughs> so, and it's, um, so I mean, why, okay, you've, you come to Colorado now, you're here. Um, you decide you want to get into food trucks. Why? Like, how does that happen? Where are you just like, were you in the food business before? Well, yeah. So my whole life I've been in the food business. It's funny. I, I bought two books. I bought an Airbnb book and a food truck book. And in San Diego, I picked up the Airbnb book first. I picked that up first and, um, dabbled in real estate a little bit, still working, uh, my full-time job, 60 ish hours in the restaurant world, being a general manager. Um, Decided when we moved to Colorado, still had that job, transferred with the company, um, not really wanting to work my way up, uh, not knowing where I wanted, what I wanted to do in the corporate world. I picked up the food truck book. Yeah. So I started reading that and researching that and um, decided to open my own food truck. Cool. So as you're doing the research, okay, so you're in, you're a general manager, you've been in the food business. One of the things that I think that is that people miss in the food business, and I think you've done very well with, is 
it's and it goes back to a blue ocean strategy book in the early 2010s i believe that talks about where everyone else is going go a different direction so in food it's kind of a funny thing because if this is the craze you kind of see the minnows all flow towards the craze with the sharks or whatever but you see the whales go to where they aren't because the whales don't eat the same thing as everyone else they eat blue ocean and so this is sort of what you've done with your concept is you're sort of you no one knows it yet but you're this whale and you've headed towards blue oceans in food so tell me how did you get to where you are so let's talk about your food truck let's talk about the idea for the name let's talk about how you came with the logo and all that and just because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast that are just how do i even get started with this if i want to do this how do i even start okay right so i researched the what trucks were in denver and in colorado um, there's a couple of great websites um, and I was looking through and seeing what there was but also what there wasn't so New York City is known for um, chopped cheese um, which is uh, I'm sure we'll get into that later but um, it's just a deconstructed cheeseburger it's awesome yeah. um, which isn't out here so I saw uh, something that wasn't in Colorado um, and I wanted to bring that here so we're, we are the first ever chopped cheese food truck in Colorado absolutely and probably I don't know if there's people, chopped cheese goes outside of New York City anyway. Um, I mean, it's sort of like a Philly cheesesteak, and it grew out of Philadelphia, but this item hasn't grown out of New York yet. So I think being a pioneer in what you're doing in some ways um, and exposing the world to it, particularly the Denver market, because I don't think there's a better market right now um, that I've experienced um, that it's to start a food business and Denver is very um they grasp on the food they grasp on the food concepts and they like it when those food concepts turn into businesses you have the Chipotle's that start here although they went out to sunny California and you have Tokyo Joe's and you have um you know Bird Call which is a new franchise that's up and running here and you have some food trucks that have started turning into brick and mortars I see here that have even been on the podcast that so I feel like Denver is a right market and it's a food market and based on out people wanting to be outdoors and wanting to do what they're doing, it's a good place to start a business. So Absolutely. And people love small businesses. They're super, yeah. super supportive here. Absolutely. And they're aware. And comparatively, I think everyone here is very aware of where their money goes comparatively to to other parts of the country yeah. or the world, uh, potentially. And so Let's talk about chopped cheese. Sure. Okay. What is it? How did you discover it? And where did this idea sort of like, let's take this into a thing? And then I want to talk about what a bodega is, but okay. I want to talk about this in particular. So chopped cheese is um, what we say is a deconstructed cheeseburger. So we take a burger and throw it on a grill with some onions. We season the hell out of it. We chop it up and melt cheese all throughout it. Um, and then it's served on a Kaiser roll, lettuce, tomato, uh, mayonnaise and ketchup um, so it's a staple in every bodega in New York City um, almost every bodega um, and uh, yeah so that's what we do and we do tons of different variations of this chopped cheese so I want to give everyone an idea because <clears throat> I lived in New York City I spent a lot of my time there um, a previous life you know built food service partners of New York there at a time um, with the people I worked with and a good team there 
uh, in Brooklyn, and the diversity of food is incredible. So everyone goes there for this diversity of international food. Absolutely. But what happens is everyone misses what's right in front of them. They think it's the pizza and the bagels, but unless you're from New York, it's almost like you when you go to In-N-Out Burger and you order animal style off the secret menu. There's a secret menu in New York, and it's go to any bodega and order a chopped cheese. Okay? Agreed. Yep. And so... It's just this cool thing, and I and I, I agree with you. Um, and I don't eat ketchup, so I do mine differently. I have them mix it with mayo or, yep. or cheese or whatever, because I like cheese and the ranch sometimes. And so, but the whole thing is, this is something the world needs to experience. It's something that is a staple in New York. It is kind of a hidden treasure. Right. So now you want to take it to the world how do you go about it like what's your first steps because you've never run a food truck before and a book obviously isn't going to be enough right. to get the experience you need to right. have the confidence to launch i worked with somebody uh for last summer for a couple months on their food truck got my feet wet a little bit um and then with my theme i wanted a new york style theme new york city style truck um and someone said, what are you going to be known for? And I said, oh, what am I going to be known for? There you go. And I said, oh, I want to ship the bread in from the East Coast. And he said, yeah, but what is your truck going to be known for? And I said, let's, let's look into chopped cheese. So we, underneath Big Apple Bodega on the truck says the home of the chopped cheese. So that's what we're known for. So we have the classic, which we call the Sinatra. And then we have probably six or seven different variations of it. And I wanted to name it after different um, city or after different towns uh, in New York City. All right, cool. So let's talk about it. So you have the Sinatra, which is like the original. It's the, the original. OG, obviously, yep. because it's Sinatra. So <clears throat> yep. what's the what's the, the, the next one? The next one, which is probably the top two, the Sinatra and the Fire Island Luau. It's a teriyaki, pineapple, kind of like a Gouda, Gouda cheese, um, Kind of like a Hawaiian burger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's keep going here. I'm excited. Um, Hamptons for this. barbecue. That's our that's our take on a barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Um, then we have the Yonkers, which is our take on a Cuban sandwich. Um, ham, Swiss, mustard, pickles. Yeah. Um, they all get lettuce, tomato. Um, we have a super popular one we just rolled out recently, the Hudson. It's uh, pepper jack cheese and um, Cajun style with crispy onions on top. It's awesome. People yeah. love it. So, yeah, I mean, we have just a bunch of different variations of them. And what's your favorite? I mean, I think adding all those variations is key, okay? Because let's, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to state it out loud, and I think everyone's going to notice, but what's happening in the world right now, we have this post-COVID thing happen, and we have this delivery service thing that happened, and we have this convenience thing that happened of food where it's gone it's not just fast but it's delivered to me or it comes to me but it's also this this thing that's happened where the hot sandwich is where the market and food is going if it's quick and it's easy and people want it or if it's out of a food truck like these trends and it has to be different okay it can't be just your normal chicken sandwich anymore or your normal burger because what the population is going is we're seeing an increase in that we're seeing sandwiches are the way it's because they're easier to deliver they they're a better vehicle for delivering food period that's bread's incredible in that fashion and so by doing so you've you've created something that's different everyone knows what it is and it's a staple to new york and a bodega is pretty much anything that sell is a place that sells everything 24 7. I mean, some of them are more like grocery stores. Some of them have hot buffets, but generally they all serve food at night because right. in New York City, you're a 24-hour city. 
you serve food 24-7, but just like everywhere else, a McDonald's may not be open 24-7. So the, but the bodegas, they are there and they have variety. And in the chopped cheese, it's like, it's one of the best late night foods in honestly, in my opinion. Like if I think about everyone in DC always talks about pizza by the slice and jumbo slices, or there's a falafel place that does falafel and but in New York, you could be in any neighborhood and you're like, I want to chop cheese, Absolutely. you know? And so it's like, okay. And you know, it's post two o'clock and you know, it's like, okay. And I'm not saying that it isn't good 24 seven, but it's, it's really this staple food that if you've ever now or not in New York, it's like, oh, Philly cheese steaks were late night food at a time or a food. Now it's everywhere in the world, you know? And those type of things are coming back so i like what you're doing so let's talk about let's back up again so you've got this idea you created this menu it's phenomenal you want to do you get your experience off another food truck last summer you're like okay i've got to go figure out my own food truck i've got to wrap it i've got to decide how i'm going to do this how do you go about that um, just on the internet, uh, researching, I went to a bunch of different trucks. Um, there's a great app called Truckster, uh, it tells you where trucks are located. So I go and try their menu and hopefully talk to the owner and pick their brain and see who is, um, you know, the most reputable to help me build the truck out and buy the truck from. So, and in terms of that, did you find that the other food truck people were friendly and open and you have a community there for the most part, or do people see you as competition? I think super open, super friendly, whatever I need. A um, couple of them are, are mentors to me for sure. Uh, give me their phone number. Like I can reach out to them anytime. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you get started. How do you design it out? I mean, do you already know what you want? Did you buy a truck that was already built? I mean, because people are always like, do I design a truck? Is it good to buy a used one? Do I do a trailer? I mean, so these are part of like the decision making process that I always, I find a lot of people go the truck route, um, which is interesting to me because I would, uh, being who I am, I would go the trailer route because I like the right. flexibility. So right. it's just an interesting scenario. I'm always like, God, everyone goes the truck route though because maybe it's easier to park. That's that's a giant key. It's easier to park. It's easier to maneuver. Um, everyone says that the trailers are they're a pain in the neck. I wanted a brand new trailer with a brand new truck, and there's yeah. no problems, right? Yeah. So I buy a used food truck, and the check engine light comes on every week. So yeah. I don't know anything about engines. So yeah, but they just uh, a truck is kind of you know all inclusive, all all one, and it was yeah. just easier to to handle. It's really cool. So. Let, and so now you, you have the truck. You've obviously have a background. You've been a general manager in food businesses. You have all this background experience in food and years of it. Um, how do you then translate that into starting a business? You, you get suppliers and you need to do procurement. And so how do you go about it? Or is it more or less like, okay, restaurant depots here. Is that a good stepping stone? Because people are like, oh my gosh, Cisco, I need to get a delivery. Or did you right, figure that out? Right. I mean, cause you're starting off small. Yeah. So this didn't happen um, in three months. This is, you know, we opened the business, I think a year and a half ago. So just um, tons of research, tons of um, going to restaurant depot, calling Cisco and seeing if that's what I need. Um, just trial and error. Yeah. And, and when you did that, I mean, so, I mean, you have a great logo. It's basically almost Frank Sinatra with a bubble over his head. I would say almost because I don't want you to infringe on any problems there. So 
because it it's and like how did you like did you know is it something you experimented with is it that you knew you wanted to represent new york in everywhere you went possibly the world because this is something that could go across the world obviously yeah i wanted to represent new york city i wanted uh pop art on my truck yeah um so just researching that um finding someone that can wrap the truck in my vision yeah and then having having our logo and then yeah these t-shirts that we just made up um i have the same artist who actually works on the truck with me she's an amazing person um she does all my artwork and a lot of the instagram uh posts as well okay and i love this okay because i think this is hugely important in what we're talking about because um inspiration is hard okay and sticking to it is even harder and then following through with that is the hardest piece because people's opinions get in the way people tell you to do it differently you often see shortcuts oh the rap guy over here he's cheaper maybe he doesn't do it exactly how i want it but he's 300 dollars cheaper right and you start cutting corners on the things that are the scalable part and I don't find that you did that just by looking, you're decked out, you've got your branding down, okay? Most people don't understand this. Before you, like, you need to have everything down, okay? You need to spend the money. You talked about your truck and the wrap and the look and the pop art, okay? That's your brand, okay? Owning a food company is more beyond everyone. It's like, oh, McDonald's, it's burgers and fast food. No. It's Ronald McDonald. It's Grimace. It's the right. Hamburglar. It's the playground. It's the Happy Meal. It's the every piece that goes into it and i'm just going to say this on the air because i think it's important because everyone talks about chick-fil-a being the best company out there right now okay i disagree in its entirety okay because when you go flush with cash and you go trending you can throw labor at your problem all day long and still be profitable okay and while they're a great business and they're a profitable business, they throw labor at all their problems and they still take forever. Okay? So one of the things I found that while they built something, they didn't scale it properly. Okay? Here and there. McDonald's, what they've done is they've scaled everything. Everything they built, whether it's Grimace or a four-piece McNugget box or drinks in a to-go carrier, is scalable. <clears throat> And so one of the most important things that I find is sticking to what you are, okay? What is McDonald's? They know what they are. Right. What are you going to be? You know I like pop. You like pop art. It appeals to you. This is my brand. This is how I'm going to differentiate myself. Why is it important? It's New York City. This is where it always originates. Right. Pop art is constant anytime it's new, and we, we want that. And so, you know, some places put vending machines in, and that's their concept, or or arcades or you know you know you've got to hold true to it and that's what you've done you've built this brand right off the bat where everyone can clearly see i know when your truck goes by right it's awesome. and you're in my area anyway where we live uh, mostly but i know versus another truck i know when it's just okay i need to get a food truck off the ground as fast as possible make money and then i'll worry about everything else because if you do that yeah, you never get to any everything else, right? And then you can't scale your business and you can't grow it. Right. So I think that that's an important part of what I what attracted me to say, okay, this guy, I can tell by his truck alone that he knows what he's doing. Didn't realize you were only in the business a year, but it tells you where we are in this age. Like if you really dedicate yourself, you haven't the experience and the education and are willing to go get more to tie it together like you did or with someone else and mentors you can do anything right 
So let's talk about you've wrapped the truck. You, you're like, okay, I have this branding. I have this artist. This is how I'm going to do it. How, where do you get business from? Like, cause people are always like, oh, now I got the truck. Where do I go get my first sale from? Right. I think I got the, the gigs before I even had the truck. Cool. So, um, there's Facebook groups and then just hitting the streets, um, going to different breweries and seeing, um, who has trucks looking on their website and seeing, uh, the different scheduling of trucks. Um, working, I work with two different companies for, um, HOAs, um, pulling up to communities, uh, cool. they have food truck nights. So, yeah. That's really cool. So, I mean, are you busy 24-7 if you wanted to be? Is that something that you've seen? Um, Denver, we get winter. How does that... I mean, we talk about that a lot with yeah. food trucks. So, I opened March 31st um, of 2022. So, I have, we haven't done our winter yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is our... Actually, November 14th is our last scheduled gig. And then... Um, think we're going to do caterings and private events for the winter. See how the winter goes. Cool. And I, and I like that because that's, I think that's the way the world's going anyway. We don't like, if you want a catering, you get catering, but if you want like a nice wedding, that's true to you, yeah. food trucks, yep. like it's realistic. I mean, even Deborah's birthday party right before COVID, we did a food truck, the rock and lobster roll or, awesome. and he was on the podcast as well, but it's like, these are real things that make your life easier and they're real things that are making a difference in the world. And that's real support of entrepreneurs that are trying to grow businesses and add variety in food, you know, Absolutely. and you know, I'm not always like, Oh, let's have staple restaurants everywhere, but I am for, we need variety in food. And if we can, grow business and create jobs and better food and have American businesses that grow or international businesses that grow that are trying to do the right thing and give the world new flavors of food. I think it's 100% we should be supporting all efforts no matter what. And um, so let's talk about where do you go from here? Okay, so you're finding success. You're, you're obviously getting gigs. You're talking about it's all the way through, I think you said November 14th. Correct, yep. And so you're open, and um, how do um, how do people, well, let's, let's back up a second. Let's say I'm in Denver, since this podcast will be released pre-winter. Uh, how do I get a hold of you? Where's your website? How do I get a hold of you if I want to cater event? How do I find you if I want to try one of these chopped cheeses? So we post our schedule every Monday on Instagram, um, at Big Apple Bodega. And then we also post it on our website, um, bigapplebodega.co. Um, yeah, all the information's there. Uh, where we're going to be for the week uh, is all, all posted. Cool. And um, again, that's at Big Apple Bodega on Instagram. I'm looking at it right now. You're at like 1,446 followers as we're sitting here right now, that's which awesome. is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, considering it's harder and harder to get followers on Instagram and more and more accounts are created, which cause more and more cluster. and and everything like that so that's impressive and one of the things i love about it is you stay consistent and you show your food products like there's no doubt what you do there's no doubt how to find you yep uh the messaging is clear the branding is clear so you're obviously you've thought about scaling this before you even started so right let's back up to where brian separates himself a little bit from the herd and most people that come on on the podcast, everyone's such in a rush to get their first food truck, they figure out the rest later. I don't feel that that's what you've done here. I think 
there's some maturity in business and an and an understanding in you that or and a mentoring that has probably happened that gave you a greater understanding. So let's talk about what that means for your business. Well, and as what you saw beforehand. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. So as uh, last winter, I was booking this summer. And as uh, people are reaching out and I'm reaching out to them and they have this date's available, this date's available. And I sat back and I said, wow, my calendar's just about full. And it's only was a couple of months of like reaching out to people. And I said, imagine a couple more months. I could have two or three trucks. Like there's, there is a need. Mm -hmm. um, but then I decided to, to go a different route. Um, we actually just got um, all the proper paperwork set up um, as of last week on Friday that we're gonna be uh, selling franchises. Cool. And so let's talk about that. Um, you were recording uh, when this podcast comes out, you're going to be announcing it sort of more broadly in unison. So we're in a line there. But it's, it means what for you? So if I'm coming to Brian and I want to franchise and I want to do my own truck, but I don't want to start from scratch and I love this chopped cheese and I'm in let's argue Salt Lake City. Okay. What is the process? Just so we can walk through, because I think it's important to start for the audience that are like, oh shit, there's this guy. He's out there. He has this new concept. I like what he's doing. How do I, what's the steps? Right. And so by the way, we're the first ever chopped cheese franchise on the market, which cool. is amazing. Um, I work with a really great company, Franchise Creator. Um, they walked me through the whole process. Um, we, you, people would reach out to myself or them. Uh, you, you're basically paying for the name and the recipes. Um, you would come to train in Denver with me from, from everything from shopping to prepping to cleaning the truck, getting propane, and then working gigs. Um, it's about a two-week training process. Cool. And then um, you're off and running. Um, we'll help you with the truck and the wrap and everything else so it stays on brand. Cool. So um, they, they buy the truck. They invest in the truck wherever. Right. And then... Um, there's a that franchise fee and all that stuff that's set up, but they get the recipes, the training, the gigs, obviously support if they need it, um, any troubleshooting that they may be having with products or recipes and stuff like that, which is the value that you're not having to go figure out your own recipes or source your own bread or source your own products. You're sort of here it is and here's how you get started, Correct. right? Absolutely. Very cool. So now it, will that information be available on the website then as well? Oh, on our website, correct, yes. Okay, so because I want to make sure that there's franchising opportunities and that, <clears throat> because I will tell you that from the podcast, people ask all the time how they get started or what to do. And it, again, starting from scratch as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial personality isn't always what everyone is. A lot of people have become very wealthy off of being entrepreneurial in their aggressive expansion of McDonald's franchises and regions and marketing and developing within a franchise their own entrepreneurialism because franchising is just another set of boundaries. It's just they help you do the, the main part. You still got to go build businesses. And right. while you're building an, an, a potentially international brand that everyone will be loyal to, there's still the franchisees that build and build it along the way and become wealthy along the way generally as well and make impacts as well. Absolutely. So if this is the next steps, do you see yourself still doing more trucks yourself? Is that something or you're like, I want to franchise one trucks enough or even like, okay, this is the training truck. I'm not even going to run a truck anymore. Right. So there's all of those um, options. I'm not sure this, there's never been a chopped cheese franchise available. So this could be a 
giant light switch that I'm turning on, or it could be pretty quiet for a while. Yeah. So hoping it's a hoping it's super successful right away. My truck will be the training truck. Um, I'll still get gigs to train people, so we'll go out to breweries and HOAs as well. Um, we can break up the Colorado um, and Denver market um, into territories, so I can sell off maybe Denver and stay in Littleton. Um, there's different different avenues to go down, different options. Cool. And I think that that's it. It's at the beginning. And I think anyone who wants to come in and meet you will see that you're very organized. Your branding's on par. You have a very clear vision of what you're doing. You're not trying to be the entire bodega. You pick the actual thing that matters, that is scalable, and that people will want everywhere. Um, so... I mean, are there other ideas for sandwiches? I mean, once you get into franchises, there's like, I mean, you've got to already be, because you're, the franchise obviously was something you've been thinking about for a long time. We're at execution phase. So it's like, Brian's, you've got, I can tell that yeah. you're already thinking about what the next steps are. And <laughs> My brain hasn't stopped. We haven't even opened yet, and I'm buying different seasonings and spices, yeah. and we're going to do this and this. I'm going to roll out a holiday one, um, kind of like a, a turkey burger uh, stuffing chopped cheese. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's, the sky's the limit with this. Um, it just depends on how creative, obviously cost-effective, but how creative you want to get. Yeah. So. And because we talked about McDonald's, and I, I tie I tie it back to them just because I haven't still to this day. They're not the king anymore as everyone wants to be the most popular, but they are the best. I just can't, I don't, I don't see any franchise that run, that runs just as well with two people in emergency as they do with 10 people when they're humming. Like, it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, how are two people running this right. place at a drive-thru at 2 a.m. in the morning as well as they are and stapling the bags and sealing them and yeah. getting them for delivery and there's 20 cars in the drive-thru so it's one of those things that i think that i can tell you're already building because you're efficient your truck moves well i see that you're you've lined out your day you obviously are creative you haven't lost the creativity which we talked about at mcdonald's is that's the important part it's like you have to constantly be ahead of everyone else and you right. have to constantly be thinking that, okay, if someone else enters the market, I'm not necessarily worried about the competition because I'm always ahead of them by nature. Right. I think it's my 25 plus years in the corporate world <laughs> yeah. that as I'm setting this truck up and I said, wow, this is, I can train people to do this. I'm not, I'm not a chef that has my own recipes in my no. head and creates it's, it's scalable. Yeah. And, and as an entrepreneur, I'm I'm somewhat there myself in my own life, which is like, I you you go this like big 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 thing, and you're sort of like big big big, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to start off and build all over again and start something, but I have all this knowledge. It's almost like going back to when you were 22, except now you have less money. I mean, right. just kidding, but it's really like that because yeah. <laughs> it's like the reality is is everything's easier when you're 22 because you don't have as much everything right so it's like that but now you have all your knowledge and people don't realize that that if you're in your 40s or 30s or 50s it doesn't 60s even like there's a reset switch that you actually everyone's like oh i wish i would have known 20 years ago what i want now well it's you know what the second time the best time to plant a tree is right now the first time was 20 years ago but right yeah. now is the best time and you can still use that 20 years worth of knowledge to plant a better tree or put it in better soil or give it better water. Right. You know, so it's that. And I see that that's what you're doing here. And that's where it's like, it's hard because you want to trust and believe in entrepreneurs, especially in food and invest in their, in the businesses. But in your twenties and thirties, 
the food business and the restaurant business sometimes is still you need the time and the education the 20,000 hours food is not a 10,000 hour business that's probably a, a true statement in a lot of other things but it's food is just not that way there's too much diversity there's too many different animals too many different plants too many different varieties and then once you narrow down your focus it's like okay now there's all the customer service and the i mean the the run of the mill business if you're in food you pretty much know everything about everything there is in business i feel like because you don't you hit everything there is from non-tangible to tangible items agreed absolutely so why when you thought about this i mean you've laid this out extremely well Thank you. right there's a strategy here um I mean, where do you, where do you find your motivation to keep going? Because you've obviously have had some hiccups, and we're talking about all the glory and the strategy and all that. Well, and having strategy and a plan helps you get through it, I'm sure. But where is it coming from? What I think is your it's desire? Your, it's your work ethic. It's it's a New York City hustle. You go yeah. to New York City to build your career. Um, I don't know. It's for me like we're not going to run that much in the winter so i have to kill it this summer because i don't know what the winter is going to bring yeah it's it's the unknown um i don't want to work all this hard and then have to get a nine to five job because i'm i'm not making winter you know yeah. any money during the winter so it's just constantly going and constantly driving and i don't i don't know i guess i was, I was just instilled with it when i was you know growing up yeah and i want to talk about it because i think it's important is that you just it's a habit that's formed no one's born with it i don't think anyone's just naturally has good work ethic i mean some people may be more inclined to be follow discipline i guess in some ways but i don't think we come by it naturally um contrary to popular belief i think it takes a lot of work some of its parenting, some of its environment outside of it, some of its sports, some of its, you go work in food service. Cause it's like one of those things where if you don't, as a kid, I don't know how, like it gives you so many skills, no matter what you go and do. It's true. And so management, dealing with hostility, dealing with emergency, dealing with crisis, customers, like all the worst things you will ever have to deal with in life happens in a restaurant or in a food service business. And it's a microcosm of your entire world. Yep. And so that's the <clears throat> thing that I think that really I can see in your brand. I can see the maturity in who you are. And it takes that experience, especially in food, to be be like, and it was hard knocks for me. And it's sure for you, you, you know, you have mentors here and mentors there and experiences there and losses here and mess yep. up food here and really really angry people because everyone thinks they understand food because they cook it in their home but it's a totally different realm once you do it in multiples right at on a regular basis and you have a major 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 set of guidelines by different governments local all the way to federal you know so one of the things i like about the food truck and what you're doing with the franchise is some of these hiccups like are easier walk through you have a setup for a food truck you have an idea this is what you do you know it already passes the food code you know and if it's a food truck generally you're going to go to any territory or any location and be able to pass there yep and so for you it's okay how do i meet more like-minded people that help me grow my business and for anyone that's out there listening 
I try to bring on concepts on here that I find exciting because if it excites me, I can get excited on the podcast. And if I can't find exciting entrepreneurs, I don't record generally because I feel like I'm misrepresenting entrepreneurs because if you're not excited, you're not enjoying your business, you're not growing it, you're kind of a sole proprietor. And if you're not thinking strategically and you're not constantly adjusting and you're not wanting to better your brand, then like, what are you doing? Okay, because there has to be purpose in your business, right? And so what's your purpose? Like, what is your end goal? Like you talked about the franchise. I mean, if you could think and and be a little vulnerable is where do you want to be from 10 years from now? Where is Big Apple Bodega 10 years from now? Great question. I don't know. There's so many different things running through my head. 10 years from now, maybe I'm retired and collecting my royalties. (laughs) Yeah, I know Papa Um, John style, right? (laughs) Right. Um, I don't know. I would love it. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Growing, seeing brick and mortars, um, you know, popping in and checking on my franchisees um, all throughout the country, um, traveling, uh, rolling out new exciting things um, on the menu and um, yeah, just the sky's the limit with this. It's, it's just super exciting. Cool. And what about sides and stuff like that? I mean, do you put sides with your dishes? Let's talk about those. And yeah, so I make a killer potato salad, not cool. to pat myself on my back. Um, but we also offer potato skins. So people are like, what is that? So we boil the potatoes for the potato salad. And then instead of peeling the skins and throwing them away, we fry them up and season them. And it's like our version of French fries. Cool. They're super crispy, super tasty. I like that a lot. Okay, so here's another staple where you've sort of done something that's unusual and you've added it with something that was already quote-unquote unusual unless you're a New Yorker. So that's yeah. a whole line in and of itself, potentially, right? Yeah. yeah, so we also do stadium style. So we'll take the chopped cheese and put it over our potato skins instead of it on being on the bread. Uh, yeah. So it's awesome. Um, we have churros for dessert because they sell churros uh, yeah. in the subway in yeah. New York City. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. <laughs> um, yep. So, and then potato chips, um, some sodas we offer, um, primarily focus on the chopped cheese, but with some sides. Yeah, know. I would argue the New York churro has replaced the New York hot dog yeah. in terms of sales. So. Oh, we, we have hot dogs. We have the dirty water dogs. I get so them shipped in from New York. Talk about that. Um, there's sabrettes. Uh, there's skin on. Yeah. Um, I have the umbrella. So uh, when people see that umbrella from, you know, down the street, they're like, oh my God, sabrettes. Yeah. Um, if you're a New Yorker, you know what I'm talking about. And every bodega um, has them. Right, right. Yeah. And all the hot dog carts in Manhattan, yeah. and Times Square. So yeah, we get those hot dogs shipped in. Um, and in, in slang in New York, it's called dirty water dog. Yeah. So they're just cooked in flavored water. And it's super, they're super awesome. I yeah. love the dirty yeah. water dogs. Yeah. And it's just like, no one has an appreciation for it, but it's just, right. it's the safest, best way to do it. And it, they make a killing. Yep. I mean, it's an honor to get one of those right. carts and you'll see them like, you'll be going home. Like if I'm in Manhattan, I would be going home over the, um, uh, I want to say 59th, but maybe it's 57th Street. I can never get the term right because it ends up on the street that it's not the name of the bridge. It's like okay. one or the other. Um, and you go over Roosevelt Island. I think it's, God, what is it called? Either way, it's been a few years. But either way, you go over the bridge and you'd be going over the bridge and there'd be someone like going really slow in their SUV towing their hot dog cart yeah. home for the night <laughs> out of Manhattan back to Queens because that's where all the warehousing was. Right. And so... But it'd just be like all of a sudden, I mean, it's kind of funny in Georgia on the lake when everyone like the wave runners can't be on the lake at night. So all of a sudden when the sun starts going down, you, they call them like 
water roaches because they'll see them like skipping across the water trying to get in for the night but it's almost the opposite of new york city it's like all of a sudden all, all the vendors leave go stock up to go do it the next day but the hot dog cart and what you're doing it's a staple i feel right. like Absolutely. Um, so this is an interesting thing because we didn't really get into it i tied so much into scaling the chopped cheese that you've also layered in these sort of staples and you've sort of created a staple yourself okay in a very short period of time and this is where people don't realize but that kind of layering in your business and ability to market different angles to different people and even the stadium style like everyone's like oh put it over rice or whatever or take off the bun no one ever thinks okay let's do this differently so i think that's huge and if anyone in food noticed what you did you just created where food loss was you've created food profit potentially yep, yep. so that's awesome they're super it's super popular too so so tell it. me how you find employees what do you look for like because now you're having to build a business or even in a franchisee like you're it's not only them coming to you i want a business brian give me a business sure here have it right. so what are you looking what do you look for as a business owner now in the individuals both in the franchisees or employees to help grow your business yeah with with my employees they're actually uh one used to work with me in san diego and one worked with for me here in colorado um and before i opened the truck they moved on from their other jobs but they've they come back they've come back to me um so kelsey is on the truck with me every single day she's amazing she's the artist that does uh did the logo and um instagram um yeah, so she used to work for me in, in my corporate world. And then I have another girl that works for me. Um, and she had a bunch of friends that were home from college for the summer. So there was maybe eight or nine of us like in the height of season. Cool. And I mean, it's the, like they followed you, you've recruited them. I mean, there's obviously, this is a skill set I look for. This is what I value in my employees. I mean, I think... A lot of people that listen in when they ask questions afterwards are always like, well, how do they find people that, that mirror what they're doing so they can grow their business? Yeah, you just, I don't know. I got lucky to have past employees um, and then their friends. Um, just treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, the truck gets to be over 100 degrees. Like, you, you have to do the hard work with them. Um, you have to appreciate them and and they, they'll keep coming back. It's yeah. And we live in a world where the owners and the managers actually working in the business or getting on the floor is so unusual that it makes a huge impact in my opinion we i just everyone's like what's the first thing i need to do when they come to me or i consult in a job to fix my business are you working in your business right okay like that was for free yeah <laughs> because yeah. like um that's the question. Do you actually get in there? Have you actually been out on the production floor? I don't care how big your business is. One of the things Walt Disney does real well is get in a freaking costume, dude, and for a day. You have to go back to the roots. And I think that any business now, even with your managers, even with your C-level employees, you need to make sure that you're openly sticking them back into the front lines. Yep. You have to be with your team. You have to sure. be with the team because the disconnect in today's world, the entitlement, the the whatever goes on as companies grow is just it's the deterioration that i think happens mostly as companies grow and so i think that's why people always ask the question is how do you find these employees how do you how do you echo what you're doing how do you how are you now confident that i can train people that i've never met to do a franchise and things like that and and it one it comes from experience i can tell and two from 
your education by just being in the market. But the real the realistic thing is is you attract who you are. You attract people like you and you have to go find people that push you to be greater or that challenge you, but generally you're going to attract whatever you're becoming or the better version of yourself is always there and in your case the you had individuals that grew with you yep so if you if you had anything for the audience today brian because i'm going to bring you back in as you start launching your franchise as we go to thanksgiving i'd like to actually record an episode two with you uh one because i really want to push you into denver i want to i want to help push your product and push what you're doing here because i believe in what you're doing I believe you as an entrepreneur, um, you're getting a lot of advice right now and people, but I believe over a very short period of time, you'll be someone that'll be mentoring a lot of other people. So I think that this podcast can help be a catalyst for people to reach out to you and do that, even if whatever. I mean, the food truck industry, guys, has a long way to grow. I know everyone sees food trucks everywhere and they think there's nowhere to grow. There's franchising opportunities. There's businesses to grow the population is not slowing down okay that's one okay so just by pure looking at the market the population is growing okay rapidly everywhere okay the second thing is is that there needs to be what brian described which is we're all in this together we need to help each other because when it comes to politics and it comes to pushing regulations particularly as a population grows there is this regulation and things you guys people have to come together for and fight for their industry and so we've seen it in a lot of historic industries they have these industries and like oh god why do they do that and they all get together a bunch of people and they're all competitors so it seems weird the reality is is while they're competitors they still have to protect their sport and so there's a lot of that that's going on here too with you that i see so I'm going to let you take it home. You take as long as you want. You can talk more about your product. You can talk about you. But I really just want the audience to have a chance to learn you and and let you take us home, Brian. Yeah, just come out and see us. I mean, this is this has been a whirlwind. Um, Westward wrote an article about uh, chopped cheese, but featured us in our pictures, which which was amazing for us. Amazing, amazing for business. Um, Molly, she's amazing. Um, just different people reaching out, doing this podcast. It's just, it's just been a whirlwind in a short amount of time. We actually launched, I said, March 31st, which was my birthday. And, uh, people like, shouldn't you be going on vacation? I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm starting my own business on my birthday, like getting out there. Um, yeah, just, I I love it all. Uh, it's super, super rewarding when people see that Sabret, um, uh, the umbrella, uh, I had a retired, um, police officer. NYPD come up to me and had three hot dogs. I said, Are these the real ones? Are these from New York City? Uh, he had just three of them that day. Uh, just super rewarding. Tons and tons and tons of hard work. Um, no days off. <laughs> you got to make time for yourself. Yeah. But yeah, come out and see us. I find the, the one of the interesting things that I think you hit on is your birthday. This is what I want to do. Right. Okay, everyone is always like, oh, like as an entrepreneur, you're not wanting to vacation. The vacation is something you do because you want to spend time with the people you want to spend time with if you get them. But the reality is, is as an entrepreneur, you have a fire in your belly that's like, I want to, this is where I get fulfillment. And if I'm not doing this, I've got to be serving the population in some way. And if I'm in the food entrepreneur, I've got to figure out how to stay in this game somehow while I rebuild or I build something new because that's what happens. And in food, 
is a huge space there's a reason like you have a shopping center that sells groceries and then maybe six businesses that are not food related and 27 that are we eat right. there's plenty of room there's plenty of room for ideas and it doesn't have to be complicated it's some things can be something basic and you're providing a solution to people and it doesn't need to be save their life it just means it's something they're not getting right now and it's a better cookie or it's uh, chopped cheese and these are these are things that make your business different and you picked a concept you've picked cheese you picked new york city these are things that people can really attach to um and are loyal to and are already a brand so one of the things that brian also has done well guys is he's already created the we community in his brand because anyone who's ever lived in new york city is now feels a loyalty in a brand because that's who we are as new yorkers you know i wasn't born and raised there but i definitely spent enough time there to understand the difference of who i am now because i lived there for you know, nine years and, um, you know, on and off, but spent so much time there with business the last 24 that you're, you really have naturally got a loyalty without ever trying a sandwich. Right. You're a New Yorker. You're a New Yorker. (laughs) And that's what New Yorkers do. The reason the Yankees are the best team in baseball, people think is, oh, money and yes, it all, but all that came because New Yorkers are die hard fans. You, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's the Knicks or now even the Nets or whatever. At the end of the day, if a New Yorker may hate the Nets as a Knicks fan, but if it came to voting for New York, they're going to vote for New York. Right. Period. Absolutely. So that's what I think you've done well for the crowd. And lastly, um, I'm going to ask you this. Um, we don't talk a lot about hardships as entrepreneurs. Everyone always sees the stars and the the the, the things we do and the money that eventually comes. Um, and we really, they don't see the entrepreneur in the moment that you're in now normally. We don't really talk about the struggles of building something. And so I just want to really talk about it because you are having success and you are doing it the right way. How many hours a week do you work? How many, what is it that, I mean, do you ever actually turn off? Because we just talked about as entrepreneurs, but I want to set a realistic expectation. Yeah, so I think about, I work about 70 hours a week, um, probably more in the height of the summer. Um, it, it is a lot. It's a, it's a ton of work, but it, like I said, it's, it's for me, it's, it's worth it for yeah. sure. And I think that... Um, what I like about what you said is I want everyone to be realistic here is that it doesn't end being 70 hours a week. It's not going to end for Brian. And even if he builds a franchise and he doesn't even own the food trucks and he has thousands of employees, the reality is, is if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be in this business, it's hard all the time. I know people see nice jets and cars and that's the things that people get to be entrepreneurs. Those are the trophies but entrepreneurs generally don't get caught up in them because if they get too caught up in them, they get soft. And being soft as an entrepreneur means I'm not looking for the next thing, which is I get lazy and I miss that I could have made potato skins into a profitable venture instead of a loss. And so it's kind of the things we're talking about, which is you gotta be involved in your business. You almost can never have comfort in your life. And um, the enjoyment comes from the growth of humans in your business and the solutions you're providing. And it's 
really cool and i look forward to brian being an actual food entrepreneur i think we're going to be hearing from brian i think the future here is is very bright for you thank you very much um especially the interests especially like we said um what you're doing and so to wrap it up i asked you one last question but i am going to ask you one last more uh do you have any questions like that you have answered or if you could ask anyone in the audience that you need help with something or you're looking for um someone that you can't find out there that maybe there's a professional out there what is it that you you're a mentor or someone that's in the business i think um just finding the right gigs and knowing knowing when to ask for minimums and knowing you know what places to go to uh you know sometimes you'll go out and make you'll sit there for six hours and make a hundred bucks um other places so now we don't we write when we're going to be there but we don't write our end time and i can't just sit there for three or four hours and burn all that fuel and and pay all the you know wages some people two people wrote a bad review saying oh i can't find you you're not where you said you were going to be i also own a business and i can't just sit there and burn money um so just i think um as as my experience grows in in the denver market just knowing where more where to go yeah i think that's also i think one of the things that are similar is that interestingly i think that the natural inclination is to move to where the business is um, I do think finding the spot is a good, good idea. Um, but I will also tell you that um, if you can get a loyal following, that sometimes sitting and burning the money, if you know that you're going to build that rotation of loyal customers, is whatever, and turning around those angry reviews can sometimes right. attract and turn that spot into your spot. Right. That would be the goal to have yeah. people come to the bar because you're there, yeah. not because they're I'm going the to the bar because yeah. they're they yeah. there. Yes. And so I think that's also, and I think DoorDash and Uber Eats and these Postmates, I love it because I read everything online about, oh, you can decline and do worry about the tip and whatever. Here's the reality about all of this, okay? If you service your customers and you give them good food and you take care of the food just like you're doing and you deliver a good cost, and anyone out there who's listening in, because I know there's a ton of like delivery drivers that listen in. Um, wanting to do more and learn the food business and want to build and understand and how do I get involved the reality is stop declining and service every customer the best and it's going to go against everything you believe because you're in them for the short money and so yeah if you're thinking about short money and leaving yeah but are you thinking what's my long what's my lifetime value with that client what's the lifetime value of burning some now for lifetime later i'm not saying be stupid people are stupid and justin you told me to burn money and stay put no i'm not saying to stay put in an area that has zero business in three hours what i am saying though is that if you can build your own hot spots as i'll call them um, and attract people there, attract other food trucks there, and diversify and create a group where you have a group of friends. Right. Like, okay, hey, dude, you, me, you're doing desserts, you're doing chicken, I'm doing um, chopped cheese, you're doing Korean. Let's pick a spot and all go there together and let's broadcast out on our delivery services and let's bring all the delivery drivers to us here. Right. You know, because you have a lot of power as food truck drivers to create demand, just like shopping centers do. And they create these clusters. So my advice to you is, yes, ask what other people do. 
but go create your own and find the people to do it. It's awesome. Because that is the real money. Wherever we're going, oh, where's big Apple Bodega going? I know they're going to be with four other food trucks. Me and my family can eat, and I don't need to argue who doesn't like chopped cheese. Right. If, or I have a vegan. You know, so it's the ability to take the show on the road. And by the show, you're good enough to be more than just a musician now. You can be an orchestrator beyond just building other trucks. You can help build other people's businesses in a community that help build yours. So that helps create a hot yeah. spot. Absolutely. So if you're in these neighborhoods and you're already doing these things, okay, what does the traveling circus look like? And people make fun of me when I say that, but that's life. Life is about show and it's about the showtime and how do you do it and that's and that and then how do you deliver how do you follow up with the customer and every customer you know if i were you i'd be like okay you like how am i keeping track of this okay it is the off season hey guys i'm gonna be again out next summer don't forget about me and a six-month reminder like and do it personally with your personal touch or any franchisee has a personal touch that way you're reminding them you're going to be a food truck again and next summer you just reminded your customers, but you're also willing to share your customers with other food trucks to get the group there and say, hey, look what I did. I brought them all here. And then hopefully by year three, they're doing the same thing. And now you're all compounding each other's brands because I'm not going to eat chopped cheese five days a week or seven days a week. So, But if the traveling circus is around and I know that that has all these trucks I like, I might go there three days a week just to try something different. And I also have a group of friends that also follow the traveling circus to do it and I don't mean circus in any demeaning way I actually mean it as the most efficient way to run any business is to group together with people and offer more that complement each other you know there's a bunch of different shows in a circus that complement the ultimate sale and so that's a great idea so um, a lot of people want to go to food truck parks no let's bring the you can bring the park to them and I think I wouldn't normally just share the idea openly but you're the right person to do that yeah sounds great so um thank you for coming today i did a lot of the talking well i got you warmed up and hopefully a lot of the stuff gone for round two but i like what you're doing and as an entrepreneur i respect what you're doing a lot in your vision and your strategy and the way you're looking at scaling your business i also think that just on a potential standpoint, since as entrepreneurs, there's we're the only ones who often believe in ourselves. That from my standpoint, I really believe in what you're doing and that your strategy and what you're doing is the right path. You have to obviously pivot here and there and adjust and no business plan ever works out the way it's supposed to, obviously. But you're that type of human who's taken the things that normally are hiccups and roadways and losses and built something. So, you know, something I'm trying to do more with this podcast is bring positivity and help uplift entrepreneurs who don't have anyone else really that believe in them except themselves. And that is a true world. That's where the loneliness comes from, from being an entrepreneur, because whether or not 99% of your ideas fail or not, an entrepreneur knows that's their one, but they deal with the rest of the population that think 99% is 100% of the time. Right. So it's very hard, and that's why there's the loneliness. So I'm encouraging you to go out and do this. I really encourage you to create your own hotspots because I think you have a power enough brand and product to build a band. 
Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, and I look forward to coming back for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.